Well, welcome to Front Range. We are so excited to be with you today on this 4th of July weekend. My name is Brandon Yates. I'm the student pastor here. And this right here is my amazing wife. My name is Jackie, and we're so excited to be joining you this weekend. This weekend, we are continuing a series called This is the Kingdom. And what we're doing is we're studying the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus just teaches through uh, a few different ideas of what it looks like to live in God's kingdom as citizens of that kingdom. Last week, we actually learned what does it look like to live in the kingdom of God. We learned that it's God's people in God's places under God's rule. And so we're gonna look at this idea of the Sermon on the Mount. We're gonna continue with it, where Jesus actually talks through the Beatitudes. And we're gonna look at what does it look like to be blessed in the kingdom of God. Now, the Greek word here, blessed, in this scripture throughout the Beatitudes is the Greek word makarios. And it also means to be happy. And so we get this amazing statement from Jesus on what does it look like for us to be happy in the kingdom of God. Yeah, and so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick up where we left off um, and continue studying um, these Beatitude statements. So if you've got a Bible nearby, if you can open up to Matthew chapter five, and we're gonna start looking at verse five. What it says is, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. This is such an upside down way of thinking. It's so countercultural to where we are today that Jesus says that, that the meek will inherit. We don't necessarily think that the meek will inherit the kingdom of God. We don't really see the, the meek working after gaining something. But we look at prideful people or people that work throughout their own strengths and their own desires, hoping to actually gain something out of their own work, out of what they have to offer. That's exactly the opposite of what Jesus is getting at here in the scripture. Jesus doesn't say that blessed are the powerful and the prideful. Blessed are those who fight to get ahead. He says, blessed are the meek. And I think everyone has a longing to make an impact and live um, with a purpose. And there are many ways that we can do that. Uh, we can do it in our own way, in our own pride, and striving to get ahead in our, in our own timing. And we can try to gain power and purpose at the expense of other people and at the expense of love and kindness. In this, he's showing us a different way of finding our purpose. In the kingdom, the humble, the gentle, the meek, they will be given the position of responsibility and a purpose in the kingdom of God, and they will be granted an inheritance. This reminds me of one of my first jobs that I got when I was 16 years old uh, here in Castle Rock at a carpet warehouse. Uh, I don't know why, but at some point they decided it would be good to let me drive a forklift in a small building. Um, it, was, it was crazy, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> but I had two different managers that were completely opposite that really kind of paints a good picture of what this is. Uh, one of my managers, uh, just being honest, he was, he was a jerk. Uh, he didn't really care about people at all unless you had something to offer him. His whole goal, his whole purpose, his whole desire was to get ahead, to impress the owners of the company so that he could gain a promotion, so that he could have more power and more influence in the company. But he did it at people's expense. My other manager was completely opposite. She was caring, she was kind, she was fun to be around. She changed the atmosphere. She cared about you, uh, no matter what you had to offer her. There were two completely different people trying to lead in two completely different ways. Um, and at the end, ultimately, the right manager uh, got the promotion. 
um, and she cared for people and she loved people. Now that doesn't always happen in our broken world. Oftentimes people get things that they don't deserve and it's confusing oftentimes. And yet God's kingdom, God says that in his kingdom, that humble and gentle, the meek, they'll gain the inheritance and be given the purpose to rule and reign in his kingdom. And that's uh, what it's like to be a child of God. It's not about gaining through pride or through power. It's gaining through humility and putting others ahead of ourselves. This leads us to the next part of this verse and it continues and it says, but blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. There's this assumption here that everyone who hungers and thirsts for something, that their need is gonna be filled. Now we're searching for something. Each and every one of us is searching for something to fill us. We have this innate desire to be filled with righteousness, but if we're being honest, sometimes we don't seek for that. Sometimes we seek to be filled by material gain or, or through a spouse or through a relationship that really isn't honoring to God. And we're trying to be filled. Every single one of us at some point desires to be filled with something. We often ask ourselves, why is there so much evil in the world? Why is there so much darkness? And it's because we're hardwired to discover the purpose for our lives. We're hardwired to be filled with the presence of God, with the righteousness of God, with something that's holy, something that's God-defined, and something that's actually beneficial to us. But sometimes we fill ourselves with other things that aren't necessarily healthy, right? If we're being honest, like I have this donut right here, like this is a delicious looking donut, right? Like it's got a cookie on it, it's got sprinkles, this is gonna be a fantastic donut. It's, it's, it's delicious if we're being honest, right? But I could eat this donut all day. I could eat this donut every single day and it's, it's gonna fill me, but it's not gonna fill me with what I need. It's not gonna fill me with the nutrition that I actually need from it. Um, this looks really, really good and I wanna eat it, but I, I, it's, it's gonna get my beard. It's, it's gonna be a big mess. Jesus makes it clear though that we're not just gonna be filled with a snack. We're not just gonna be filled with something to, to get us by for the day, but we're actually gonna be filled with something that brings us uh, contentment, that brings us joy, that actually gives us what we really need. We're not just getting like a slider snack of righteousness. We're, we're getting a full like half pound cheeseburger uh, with French fries, the drink, like something that, I, I know that that's not really like, you know, gonna give us the nutrition, but it's gonna fill us, right? Like, what if, oh, what if we actually made a donut burger? Really, a burger out of donuts? That'd be so good, like America. <laughs> Right, like that's, that's America. Uh, I, I lo it's gonna be delicious, right? Sure. We'll be filled. Your, your hunger will be satisfied. When we seek after the kingdom of God, when we seek after a relationship with him, our desires, our hopes, our dreams, they'll be filled by God. The question is, what are we hungering and thirsting for? What are we seeking after to fill ourselves up with? But God wants us to seek after him. He wants us to be a people that desires a relationship with him. When we want what God wants, when we desire what he desires to live and to serve his kingdom, to be God's people in God's places under God's rule in our life. 
Jackie, why don't you take us through the next few scriptures here? So the last part of this uh, portion of scripture in verse eight, it says, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. And Jesus told us that those who are pure in heart are the ones who will see God. But what does that actually mean to be pure in heart? Well, in the Greek, this phrase, pure of heart, actually carried the idea of honesty and clarity. Um, It signified a physical and moral purity, as well as living a life with an undivided heart, one that was seeking only after God. So for us to walk with a pure heart, we have to come clean with God. We have to let him in on everything and hold nothing back from him and give him every area of our life. So growing up, it was expected that we had to keep our rooms clean. We had to make our beds every morning. We had to take all of our clothes down to the clothes hamper in the basement. We were never allowed just to leave them on the floor or anywhere else. And and we actually had to make sure that all of our rooms and everything was cleaned before we were able to do anything fun on the weekdays or on the weekends. And so naturally as a child, sometimes it got to be a little bit easier uh, (laughs) to uh, just throw everything into the closet and shut the door and so that it gave the appearance of cleanliness. So that's where our kids get it from. 100%, yes. (laughs) And uh, one time, I remember very specifically, my sister was in high school about at that time and our mom was checking her room that day and she was going through everything and at first glance, it looked pretty clean and everything was put away. Her bed was made and everything looked tidy. But then my mom went to check her closet. And what happened was my mom opened the closet and it seemed like my sister had taken every article of clothing that she owned and had shoved them into one teeny tiny little space. Nothing was folded, nothing was neatly put away. It was just all crumpled into one one tiny ball. And needless to say, my mom wasn't super thrilled about that situation. And she started to pull what seemed like an endless stream of clothes out of my sister's closet. Uh, And, you know, I think there's so many of us who can say that we're guilty of the same thing. You know, like not really cleaning things and you know, when we have guests coming over, we're quickly throwing things in the closet or shoving them in a room that no one uses so that no one can see them so that the rest of our house looks super, super clean. We've never done that though, right? I have definitely done that more than once. <laughs> I, I think this is so good though that so many of us do this in our spiritual lives as well, where we, we try to cover up our embarrassment or our shame or what we've been walking through. And we try to hide it in the closet. And I say we, we try because for being honest, the reality is that God already knows all about it. He sees everything. Right, and a purity of heart, it's gonna be, it's gonna involve us being authentic before God. It means coming clean with him about the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives. Uh, he desires this from us because he loves us deeply and he wants only the best for us. And the Bible constantly emphasizes the importance of the heart of man. It's because it's the center of everything, where everything flows out of. And when we come clean about everything in our lives and we live with an undivided heart, one that is solely uh, devoted to God, we will see him operate powerfully in our lives. And remember, if we look back on what that verse said, it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And when we, when we do this, we will begin to gain a better understanding of God's plan and his purpose for our lives. And we will begin to see his hand in every circumstance that we walk through. And most important of, out of all of this, um, when we truly walk in authenticity with God, we will gain a greater intimacy with him. And when we come clean, there isn't any shame that comes along with that. God isn't sitting and waiting for us to tell him all of our dirt just so he can punish us. That's not his heart for us. 
Really, God is waiting for us to come to him, to humbly share everything with him so that he can move in our lives. You know, just like in that closet, when we bring everything out, that's what he wants is for all the junk to come out so that he can move into those spaces and not leave them empty. He wants to walk alongside us with love and grace and mercy and power. And when, we, when we're saying we need him in our lives, we're positioning our hearts to receive exactly what we need, no matter what the circumstances that we are walking through. And, and in all of this, Jesus shows us a different way of living, a different way of being blessed and happy in our lives. And one of the best things that we can do this week is to just sit with these verses and meditate on what God is saying to each and every one of us through them. Take these verses, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, and read them over and over again every day this week. Pause on the different words and reflect on what God might be saying to you. Let him speak to you about your heart and your life. And let him convict you of the areas you may need change and then choose to follow his way. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your word, God. We thank you that in any area that we walk through, that you walk alongside us, God, and that you fill us where we need to be filled, God, that you bring joy in the morning of our lives, God. And I thank you that as we walk with you, that you would um, continue to speak to each and every one of us, God, that we would continue to grow in knowing you and knowing your heart and knowing who you are and knowing the plans you have for our lives. We pray that we would grow in deeper intimacy with you, that our hearts would align with everything you have to say, God. We thank you for this day in your name. Amen.